Alright, ladies and gents, welcome to Envy Podcast. And before I get started, I just want to say thanks to everybody that's been tuning in to Season 1 all the way to Season 9. And by the time you guys hear this, this will be Season 9, Episode 11. Now, you guys know I love to highlight my fellow Filipino-American brothers out here who are involved in the music industry, those who are making moves, those who are consistent. And this cat right here has been involved with me in my recording career for the past four out for the past four projects he's been involved in two albums uh he mixed down act two and he also was part of mixing down he was part of mixing down act two but he also mixed and mastered the whole orphan um mix and mastered the whole um md uh, rarities and remixes and he also was involved in the Dido mixtape, Two Joints. And for this fifth project that we're working together, this is my third mixtape with him. So five projects all in all. And not only he's an audio engineer, he's also um, a live concert audio engineer in different venues out here in San Diego. And he's been working with different genres from pop, R&B, hip hop, and especially rock and roll. A talented brother, man. I'm, I'm proud to, um, to have him to be part of the team. Um, ladies and gents, without much further ado, we got Mr. EJ Aronsanso. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks, Marlon, for having me on here. Yo, man, I had to, uh, I had to get you on for sure. So, yo, I asked all my guests, where were you born and raised, EJ? San Diego, born and raised, man, all my life. It's home. Do you know how mom and dad ended up in this part of SD? Southeast? Um, dad was in the military, Navy, you know, typical Filipino shit. Um, my mom is not here, I guess. And then they met. Um, but yeah, pretty much. What part of Philippines mom and dad's from? Um, mom's from Manila and my dad's from Malongapo. So, wow. Yeah. Between mom and dad, who has more of, the, of their artistic musical side? Which side of the family do you think you picked it up from? I'd say my dad's side, man. <laughs> like everyone on my dad's side plays it, like everything. Um, guitar. I have an aunt that plays like every string instrument the harp like no and she's a doctor too so no way. it's that creative mind you know what i mean um how about mom's side and your artistic side of mom's side everyone on my mom's side's more like um art kind of like art. tattoo artists sculptists painters that's my side of that so i just have art and creativity everywhere i go you that's know dope. what i mean around how old were you you think when you started realizing you had you had a musical talents in you like what was the first instrument you picked up that you knew you had something i was like 10 mm-hmm. it was just mostly just being in love with music listening to rock and roll and got and shit into the guitar and then mm. slowly moved on to different instruments like i learned the drums two years later the wow. bass and yeah which instrument do you find yourself really that you really connected and it was your favorite to play always been a guitar player at heart um i ended up loving playing the drums just because man you know you can get angry as fuck just start banging shit <laughs> um what were the rock and roll albums you listened to growing up who was like the top rock influences to you for sure growing up it was number one was mostly like the Green Day stuff. Green Day, nice. And then nice, Sevenfold. Nice. Yeah, kind of like the punk and then the metal type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as hip hop, what were you listening to as far as hip hop? Um, 
it was funny growing up i didn't listen to too much hip-hop i mean i you know i listened to whatever i was listening to like whatever like my cousins or uncles would listen to you know the typical 50 everyone knows the 50 cent shit barbershop shit you know freaking the early as like um you know t-pain you know the typical fucking 90s shit man from the early 2000s um let me see let me see like um well, tell me about the community of Southeast SD growing up. What can you remember about it? How did this? How does? How does this community influence you in any way, as far as how you see music? You know, coming from Southeast, mm-hmm. growing up, it was you know it was tough. You mm-hmm. know, being lower income, you have you know typical gangbanging shit around. You know, we weren't privileged to you know. Well, I grew up where people would be like, "Yo, where's your gun at, bro?" Or, you know, and I had friends that from the other side of town, and it was like, wow, like, must, it must be nice, bro, because I don't know how that's like. But influencing, like, the music scene, like, I, I since growing up around a lot of, like, hip-hop stuff and, like, typical rap and that type of thing, it kind of influenced me as, as a musician and an engineer to tone my craft in mm. that type of style because you're around it a lot of the time so have you been involved with bands have you played with bands growing up yeah man i mean i never really got super deep into like playing shows or anything but growing up as kids you know i ended up like forming a band called um saving our weekend we were in like middle school but filipinos just love music and stuff Tight. little punk bands here and there and then I did a couple metal things back in like uh, my early college days. So you graduate high school. In your head, what was the next plan? What, what did you have in mind? Like, this is what I'm gonna do next. Man, that was the scariest shit of my life, man. Yeah. I remember, you're, you know, you're in your senior year and people are like, all right, so what do you want to do with your life? I don't know, bro. I can't count. I can barely speak English, man. You know, <laughs> like, um, like, so I know I wanted to do something with music because that's all I knew how to do. Yeah. Um, I already knew 50% of the time or in my head, like, I wasn't going to get big as an artist or mm-hmm. being a big band or anything. Um, I did some research and uh, found audio engineering and um, uh, decided to pursue that. What school did you go to, um, EJ, for audio engineering? Funny story, um, I was supposed to go to the Art Institute. I did a couple tours over there. It was a private school. It got shut down, unfortunately, because of um, money and being a private school or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad I didn't go there because it led me to go to Southwestern Mm -hmm. where I didn't regret one moment of it. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't be the person who I am if it wasn't for going to the recording program at Southwestern. Mm -hmm. What do you think you learned at that school that you know you got that that edge that others the other audio engineers don't? What do you think that they taught you there that you know others didn't learn because they didn't go there? Yeah, um, everything I I give the highest praise and everything to my um, late professor Jay Henry. Oh man, um, he was a real big cat in the industry. Um, did a lot of. Uh, Grammy Award winning mixes, mixes, and worked in New York. Um, 
to the top guys, you know, from Prince to Bill DeVoe, LL Cool J. What? And honestly, just learning from a legend like that is something you can never imagine compared to just learning from a random teacher or something. Because you're learning off a legend who lived it. And what do you think is it about the mix, the way you learned the mix from him, that's unique to you? It's like, yeah, this is the right way. And I agree too. <laughs> like, whatever. whatever this <laughs> I mean, food, I guess what I'm doing, well, I'm doing this, it right, you know? <laughs> whatever this food taught you, taught you how to make it bump and taught you how to make it, um, make the voice as thick as the beat, but sitting inside it. Like, no one's on top of each other. It's just inside yeah. it. Uh-huh. It's inside it, you know? So, what do you think are some of your unique ways that you learned from him that you apply to this day? Without giving up too much of your secrets. Yeah, but yeah. But what do you think is it, like, your style that you got from him? It's just a process of mm. more, you know, doing it a certain way, whereas, you know, starting from the drum through the other instruments mm-hmm. like the bass the guitar mm-hmm. the vocals what made him different compared to a lot of other people in school was because he was such a famous and successful studio engineer that's all we focused on was just mm-hmm. the music and mm-hmm. that's what he always talked about too you shut everything out around you and you listen that's what you do you shut the fuck up when we were in the studio he was like shut the fuck up i can hear you whispering like <laughs> like he was that type of guy like i'd be in the back of the room we talking shit or like laughing he'd be like y'all shut like, the shut fuck the shut the fuck up and listen yeah word 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 yeah super important key yeah um when you were when you went to the school did, did they also teach you how to be a live audio concert engineer or it was strictly recording or did you learn bro did you learn both it was honestly just straight recording and mixing. Right, right, um, right. A lot of other schools do a little bit of everything, but I think it's because it was his program and he only knew how to do one thing to be successful in his career. That's how he taught us, how he how he was taught. Hmm. Now, where did you pick up the skills to be the live audio engineer for these venues in SeaWorld? Like, how, how did you come about that? Um, totally two different things too. No, it. Oh, that's the same, but it's not the it's, same. It, it's crazy, man. Not at all. It's not because honestly, I've met. There's am- fucking outside noise that you gotta fucking. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, I, I've met amazing studio engineers. Yeah. But can't mix live. <laughs> I met amazing live that's engineers. So true. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, and I've met amazing live engineers. Can't do studio. <laughs> it's true. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is two different elements. Honestly. It is. Which one do you find more tedious? I honestly feel live. Wow, just because that's a trip. I would think a recording is. You can't fuck up in live. That's mm. the thing. You know, on the business side of working in live shows, it's like it's a go. Lot, it's a fucking. You're messing with <laughs> hundred thousands of fucking Investors dollars. Of, uh, of, of you can't just oh the things fucked up. Mm-hmm. You fucked up in the middle of the show. Mm-hmm. You're fired. Mm-hmm. That's how we were taught. That's how my mentor taught me. You fuck up, you everyone's gonna know your name. Oh, damn, dude. You're gonna be remembered. <laughs> You're gonna get fired. Um, when did you land a job in SeaWorld to do a uh, sound in SeaWorld? Man, that shit. What year was that? I think it was around. It was 2017. Okay, it's been a minute. Good I, I was I was still in school. 
I was uh, at the time a baker. Mm-hmm. Hated that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just, and I felt like it was my first opportunity to, to get, really get in. in. Into just the industry in general, you know. Um, it's a good one too. Yeah. Sea World. Yeah, and I've never done anything live before, so it was a good learning experience getting into that type of type of world and um, learning how it's all done. Because mm-hmm. all I ever knew was the studio shit. Mm-hmm. Now, what have you learned about yourself as a live engineer in uh, in San Diego? What are the top three things you learned on how concerts should really go? I'm sure you, you conducted a lot. Fuck. Um, just the way I've been going around. I've been doing the live stuff for a couple years now. And That's dope. You, you have to really be good. It's uh, I know really great. I work with a lot of great audio engineers. Um, and they're the best of the best here in San Diego, honestly. And mm-hmm. it's this, like... No one knows it's behind the scenes, but it's all the same guys around and around. Mm. It's why it's so hard to get a job here because you have to be good mm. at what you do. What's the most important thing of a live show? What sound do you think makes a, a great live sound? Um, Let's say a rock and roll show. What makes a rock and roll show sound good for the audience to hear? What needs to be turned up? What needs to be turned down? What, what needs to be up? Just... Making sure your mixes are all balanced and, um, you know, just knowing your things and how to, you know, if there's feedback, get the feedback out. You mm-hmm. know, it's what the difference between live and studio is live is a lot more. It's considered problem solving because mm. you have things like feedback. On the spot. You yeah. better fix it on the spot right I'm there. Fixing on the spot. A lot of mixes, a lot of people don't know, it's a lot of your cutting frequencies and mm. adding because of like you're dealing shit with like weather does affect the, how venues are mm. like i'll mix a show at SeaWorld and the so wind. the wind comes in um sometimes when there's clouds it does make sometimes those vocals and those microphones sound a little muddy so wow. you have to actually cater to that type of situation wow <coughs> like a lot of people think well you just bring the fader up and there you're good no, it's a lot of it's a lot. You got to know your stuff to figure go around these like certain situations. Mm-hmm. So, what are the needs of a rock and roll band at a live show? What do you find them asking you to do a lot? Like it's a rock and roll show, they're gonna ask you to do this. Watch. Um, what, do you, what do you think rock and roll shows need from you? I think a lot <laughs> comes from. I know. If you're a monitor engineer, mm-hmm. you're getting the fucking, you're getting your ass whooped by the bed because mm-hmm. in their in ears or their monitors, they want a specific amount of everything mm-hmm. and they want it fast. Mm-hmm. So when you have your front of house guy and your monitor person, your monitor person's getting all the the, the feedback and mm-hmm. shit on, you know, I need this, I need that. So it's a lot of pressure on them. I've seen mm-hmm. my friends and other people like, Get overwhelmed because it is a lot to mm. do that job. How important is soundtrack? Are the, is everybody required to do soundtrack or some bands yes. don't give a fuck no more? I've done shows where they didn't want to do soundtrack. Well, I've done shows where it's like we do great sound checks, roughly maybe an hour to two hours of sound check. Yeah, wow, dude. you just get everything right, man. Hell yeah. Um, For soundtrack, motherfuckers, I, we got I've, to. I've done shows where p- 
people think you could do a sound check in five minutes. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> Try to dial everything in and do everyone's monitor mixes. Impossible. And that's the worst experiences I've ever like had. But also depends on the company and all this other type of stuff. What are you finding out about hip hop shows? What do hip hop shows need? I love hip hop shows. What is it about hip hop shows that are different on mixing down on the live show? It's easier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the time you're just getting a beat. <laughs> hey, I used to let me tell you a story. I used, <laughs> I used to work at the holding company, right? Ay, ay, ay. Go ahead. And I every hip hop show I did there. Easy. Easy. And it's fun. It's fun. I love working with hip hop artists. <laughs> I love the energy. How about R and B? R and B? I haven't done too much of that. But it, it goes about the same, almost the same as like rock. Mm, a lot of R&B a stuff. A little bit more details. A little facts. bit more, yeah. Wow. You say hip hop is the easiest, huh? Yeah. Okay, top three rock and roll acts that you that you've mixed down for live that you like that blew you away. Even as an engineer, like, whoa, this show is crazy. Hmm. That's a good one. Mm. There's been a lot of shows that I haven't engineered for and that I've like worked behind the scenes and stage managed for. Um, but in that type of aspect, uh, all hands down, Dream Theater. Mm-hmm. One of the best bands I've ever worked for, mm-hmm. Steve Vai. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these legendary rock legends and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, funny, I, I, I ended up working for, uh, what's it called? Um, the mayor of El Cajon recently. Oh, wait. And uh, big band. It was crazy. We used a lot, most of our stuff. I got to kind of stage manage it. Um, Amazing guy. Dope. Super nice. You dope, know, dope. thinking of a mayor, you know, you think they're all, might think they're all uptight or whatever, you know. He's more political, but he has a band on the side, does music. But, um, you know, I was backstage with him, you know, trying to give him cues and all that type of stuff. And he was so, like, grateful. And, you know, working with some of these artists and people that who are humble <coughs> is the most amazing thing like mm-hmm. knowing that okay like i put on this concert you know for the people for the people and they loved it and they love it and you the, know the mayor's, the mayor's feeling that yeah and it's just you know, it's like <laughs> in, in food service <coughs> where it's like you know it's about the customer or but in entertainment it's about the guests and for me humbling to say working for live nation how they always, you know, kind of press, like, you know, the guests are happy, the concert's good, all that stuff. And I could say that I agree, you know, yeah. like, I, it puts a smile on my face to you know you see we did a great job, everyone's smiling, having a good time. And even the artists, even though if the artists are having a good time, you know, they're respectful, they're having a good time, and it and feels good. The sound engineers are the main key to get this show popping, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to sound good. Um, let me ask you this. As an audio engineer, what's your favorite genre to mix? Rock, R&B, or hip-hop? Uh, in, in the studio. Um, rock. You like That's rock? just... 
kind of more preference. my bread and butter where kind of how I kind of started off how I learned because as an audio engineer in school the only way we learned was um, our job was to we had to bring we had to find bands ourselves Wow. Yeah, it's not like, oh, the teacher provided. No, we had a... It was, what that program taught us was how to find clients, how to book clients, everything about the music industry, and how to <coughs> run a studio, and even, like, if people wanted, like, their stems or thing, it was all... It was money, too, you know? It was the whole... You learned everything there. And... Um, but I prefer rock just because that's how I kind of, like, learned everything in kind of gives you the fundamentals on because you can do one thing you can do it all man <coughs> when you say stamps it's money too what do you mean by that ej when you say stamps oh just um even though it was an educational like facility um my professor didn't play he kept it like it was like a real it was a real studio you know it was like well here's a full here's a demo for you mixed it down but if you want you know your stems and wanted your separate files he did charge people just for the separate files and shit. Yeah. <coughs> Let me ask you this. Um, what <coughs> what makes hip hop different to mix from rock? How is hip hop different to mix? I I feel like you get a different <laughs> type of energy for sure. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Or even just working down here in San Diego. Yeah. And working with like different hip hop people, I feel like working in like rap and hip-hop you get a lot of energy because like you could feel what they're saying in their lyrics and part of the job is to help people express mm. how they feel through their music mm-hmm. amen and make them feel comfortable Exactly. Make them feel not restrained to try what they want to try. Mm-hmm. Now, ladies and gents, here's how I met um, EJ. This is where I come in. So, 2020, I was definitely, um, you know, taking a little break from music. And I was doing um, theater. And I was also doing independent films in San Diego. And EJ ended up being a sound engineer for one of the, for the audio for one of the films I did um, that I was featured on. And when I met EJ at the... At the, at the premiere, I remember him telling me, hey, what's up, man? My name's EJ. Oh, what up? What up? My name's Marlon. Oh, cool. Um, I, I was the audio engineer to mix down this movie. And I was like, oh, what? I was like, word? And then he, and then I remember he goes, that day you went, hey, by the way, dog, if you ever need anybody to be an audio engineer, holler at me. Because I told you, like, oh, yeah, I rap. I rap. And you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Well, if you ever need an audio engineer, holler at me. And then I always kept EJ's number, right? <laughs> so when I was working on this album, Act 2, in 2020, 80% into it, I needed I needed 20 more percent to get this done. But 80% into it, I was having trouble scheduling and having me and my engineer schedule to match. And I called EJ, and that's when we scheduled those last two, three songs of the album. And we developed trust right then and there. Like when he when EJ mixed those three songs in Act Two, he he got the sound right away. Like, and I was impressed. You know what I'm saying? I was like, alright, this motherfucker ain't playing. He knew how to insert those three songs he did fit the rest of how it sounded on my album. And and it just mashed. And I remember EJ also had a say in mastering that album. Like, we listened to that together. And from then on, we kept working on MD remixes and rarities. 
and we kept working on the we did two songs for the Dido mixtape and now we're back in the lab for the next mixtape with DJ Soundwave um, let me ask you this oh I'm sorry The Orphan yes we did The Orphan so after act two we went straight to work for remixes and rarities dropped and then we went straight to work for The Orphan The Orphan was a year and a half process EJ the first day we our first session for The Orphan you know who died? Oh, it was... Um, Somebody died. I don't know yes. if you remember this, but that was the first day. I remember. Ready? Remember? Yeah. DMX. DMX. Yeah. DMX died. That day is the first session for the orphan. What year was DMX dying? He died what? Oh, nine? It was before the pandemic? No? It was, a, it was before the pandemic. Definitely. Yeah. Um, we did 22 songs for the orphan. What do you remember about working on the orphan? But I remember, <laughs> man, that was a long, that was a long but, but taking that much time was yeah. necessary. Yeah, most man. definitely because we the, took our time. We to took cook. our time. That it, it obviously let's know it from top to bottom. To bottom, it was told the story. It was told the story. Yeah. Quality was fantastic. Quality was crazy on that one. EJ mixed down my single "Gray Skies." And um, he also mixed down class in session. Shouts to Substatic. He sent us the stems for the scratches. EJ, I saw EJ mix down the scratches for that. And I was learning along with EJ how it worked too. Like, how, how do you uh, mix down from, from the scratches? So I was learning with him. Like, what? He was, EJ was teaching me. Um, what are some of your favorite songs? What is your top two songs in that album, The Orphan? Top two songs? <laughs> And Grace Guys and Class and Session became my top two singles. No, yes, yes. Class and Session for sure. That <laughs> it's just a classic. It's yeah. just one of those. And then um I think even that ending in um, outro was the ending, was great. The yeah. Ending. And the way you ended that song too, you know, saying all the shout outs and all that type of stuff. <laughs> it was a it like you said, it was a story. It was a story. Um, MD remixes and rarities. We did some shit there too. We did a lot. Um, we did mixtapes together. What do you notice about the process of in the studio now? What's the difference between now and the orphan? What we're doing, what we're, what we're working on now, or even compared to the mixtapes? Any yeah, difference? I, I think there's a lot of differences, man. I think well, I've been working with you for a long time now. Three years. Three years, and it's, it's been just, a minute, dude. From everything, man. I've. You've seen I've gotten better gear through the years. Mm, no doubt. Um, just to say on top of that. No doubt. 80, 60 percent, 70, 80, most of percentage of your album comes from the recording process. Mm-hmm. And then the mix. Mm-hmm. So if you have a great sounding recording, it's an easier mix. mix. And e- it's an easier mix and it's easier to get things done. <laughs> yes. And my process with EJ guys is like this, right? I get to so by the way, shouts to Auntie. You know, I really love the setting because I've been to different studios, but there's nothing like a Filipino household that you walk into. It sets the tone. Like we're not here to fuck around. We're not here to just make noise and piss off Auntie. Like <laughs> we really do get something done. And me and EJ are pretty quick with it. Pretty quick, you know, like two songs a session and um let me ask you this, dog. What what's what are some of your favorite songs in this last one? These last couple times, the one that we've been doing. The last couple ones. Oh man, what was that one? I'd be looking at EJ sometimes, like, yo, what the fuck's going on? Go ahead, dog. That, I think it was that that first that first song that we did. Fuck, which one was that? 
Eye for, oh, okay. Was it eye for an eye? I think it was. I think it was eye for an eye. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, um, okay. What makes an artist stand out to you, EJ? In the recording studio, what, what makes an artist special? And you've worked it a lot, too. Like, I have. What, what makes somebody that, you know, all right, they got a future in this and they got something special and, and they're not fucking around? Yeah. What, what makes somebody serious to you? <laughs> Someone's that's fucking serious. Someone that's serious. I mean, I'll give you your props, bro, because honestly, I've worked with a lot of artists and yeah, at the end of the day, you got the people that, you know, you hope that you're going to have the one hit. That comes out of the lab. Yeah, and it's like, that's it, but... At the end of the day, it's about the hustle, too. You know, you can't you can't take breaks. I mean, it's okay, you know, they f- do things here and there. But, like, what I've learned through the years and what my prof- I've been taught by the best, man. And it's like, you're going to put out what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want it bad enough, you're going to chase it. Mm. If you don't want it that much, that's cool. That's all on you at the end of the day. It's gonna take some late night hours to get this yeah, done. Yeah, if you, it's the best people are the fighters, bro. It's gonna take some frustrating nights to get this done. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're gonna have to ride around with this in your speakers for a couple weeks. Sometimes mm-hmm. till you feel it. You know, you're gonna go back and forth with your engineer. You're gonna get into an argument sometimes. Um, I was telling somebody, this guys, everybody listening out there, all my artists out there, listen to this guys. This is real talk. I was telling somebody this the other day. For all my recording artists out there, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, the most important person in your camp and in your team is your audio engineer. Yes, sir. I believe it is. Mm-hmm. There's no music video. There's no podcast interviews. There's no radio promo. There's no flyers, posters, or none of that if the music ain't right. A lot of your energy should be spent with your audio engineer fixing, correcting, polishing, making sure you guys keep it real with each other. Like, like if it's not a good take, it's not a good take. Do it again, you know? Like, yeah. What do you think about that, bro? The role that you play in an artist's life is the most important, dude. For real. I mean, it's funny that you I don't know, man. That's just mentioned that because right now, a lot of the audio engineers or a lot of artists are hmm. starting to see that and oh dude they play the most important yeah a lot of people i wouldn't say play dumb but they realize how important it really is because it's listen man and it's one thing man you know being from san diego and down here and it's different when you go out to la <laughs> and new york and i'll tell you i've been to those places i've been to la i've been to new york and yeah 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 legit studios and you know where artists who are signed or whatever and working with you know labels and all that stuff this is nothing compared to once you start hitting label play and getting out there because it's like you have to put in the work Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the day you know it's good to have a dedicated engineer because at the end of the day Mm -hmm. they're there for you they know how to make it right and it's someone to focus. I'm here to focus on your career. That's my job as an audio engineer. The music, the actual product, the product that you're going to push, 
that lays on the engineer's hands, man. Word. Mm-hmm. What we're going to push, what we're going to promote, you have a huge say in it. You have a huge <laughs> contribution to the fucking final product, EJ. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. What did you mean when you said when it comes to label play, all this is nothing? What did you mean by that? When it comes to label, once you start getting out through the labels, what you mean by that? <laughs> That's just more business talk where it's like... It's, it becomes a little bit more crazy. It's crazy. You're off... Like, it's different when you're underground, you know, and, you know, you... There's no the, business people. There's yeah. no business people yet. Once you get inside and you're paying the labels, you're... You, real studios cost a lot of money. Why you see a lot of... They're on their records, ass. A lot of records... They're on their ass. ...cost a lot of money. Like, this and better time. do good. This better be good and this better do good because we paid for your studio time. A lot of, a lot of rappers up there, they're, like, other than being an audio engineer... In school, we learned about the business aspect of everything, and yeah, there's a lot of free money all the time, a lot of advances. But if you ain't paying it back, you ain't making your. It's on your ass. You're fucked. You know, I've seen, I've had personal friends who've been signed and got super fucked over because they did not blow up the way they thought they did. Accepting these deals, and a lot of the time, that's why they say, you know, if you can get, you know, work around. Uh, not a full record deal but you know getting publishing deals and all that stuff it's better on your end because if you know you're, you're not at no Drake level or nothing mm-hmm. you know it can it can beat your ass real quick mm-hmm. real quick if if like it can beat your ass like on what you sign yeah contracts <laughs> it's very important um that's the first thing your first thing is you're an artist but once things start going out going Getting crazy, a crazy it's it's a whole more other things, ballpark more things to, more decisions to decisions, make decisions things to worry about more people in your ear there is a lot of more people in your life trying to are... tell you what you should do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and ah oh, yeah yeah man ej as an audio engineer and businessman myself just learning from the best who's been in the industry as an engineer as a businessman i mean i like to say I'm great at what I do. Amen. And I understand what I do. And let me tell you guys something, man. I'm going to keep it real. Me and EJ have had our ups and downs, just like any working relationship, because people get frustrated with things sometimes. Yes. We, our career is our babies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get frustrated with each other. But you know what I learned about our, our working relationship is like, I think we were just, we just wanted the best. We just wanted the best. And um, EJ was kind enough to compromise with me and meet me halfway. Um, and I think I earned his respect for me as an artist and as a man. And I also earned, e- e- EJ also earned my respect as like, as a, as a man first and as a businessman next and as an artist. Like I understand where EJ is coming from too. And I think EJ knows where I'm coming from too. Mm-hmm. On both, on, and we met halfway and that's the only way this is going to work, right? Yeah. If we met halfway. Sure. No one could feel like we stepped on on other person's toes because there's gonna be resentment. So EJ was always a real one for that one too. Um, let me ask you this, dog: Filipino Americans, yes, and the Asian community. Mm-hmm. Where do we stand in the music industry in 2023? Man, let me even tell you from a professional perspective. What's man, your deal? What's your I've, thoughts? I've been in mm-hmm. LA. I've been in New York. <laughs> We're on the bottom of the ladder, man. Yeah. And We're making some strides. We're making some moves. Slowly, yes. But it's not there yet. I want to give a shout out to my boy, Jarek. He's Filipino. Mm-hmm. 
worked on Shang Chi. He worked mm. on the scoring well, and the music. Nice, on it. nice, nice. I love and it. it was a big impact on him being an Asian American working on an Asian movie. God bless. One of the biggest it Asian was, movies to hit America in was, the last mm-hmm. couple decade, I'd say. He's a part of it. Yeah. I love it. And all we could really do for our people is to keep pushing. Amen. And keep pushing each other. Each other, of course, yes. Support. Yes, amen. Because I tell you, man, I go to uh, not on a racist or type of vibe or anything, but it's, it's America. We're powered by white dominant males in business and everything else. So I think that's what I loved about my professor Jay. He was an African American pushing minorities. The brown skin. Yes. Brown folks. Brown That's folks. why he chose Chula Vista as Good. his home base. To because like he knows how, he is, how it is. So that us minorities and other people can, you know, help each other grow and push those blocking points. Amen. Um, ladies and gents, like, <laughs> even though I'm from Oxnard, California... I've really been working on the last five projects out here in Paradise Hills. Um, and I like the community of San Diego. And there's so much talent out here. And I hope everybody, I hope everybody gets their fair shot. Um, let me ask you this. Filipino MCs. Um, do you think mainstream America is ready for Filipino MCs? Hmm. Or do you think it'll always stay in that underground level because maybe mainstream mainstream America won't let us break out there? It's possible, man. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I just saw a, a podcast mm-hmm. with Timothy Delaghetto with the Far East movement. Dope. And they did their whole story on how they blew up. Mm-hmm. They did things. But how they fell, they fell off because people started to find out they were Asian American. Mm-hmm. They were like the one of the main guys, Filipino. The other guy, I believe, was Korean. Mm-hmm. And when people started to see on their actual face, they were like, "Oh!" And they were talking about how they were going to major labels, and they were like, "Oh shit!" Like, this is not what I thought, and all that type of stuff. So it's interesting to see it from an Asian perspective, being Asian, and seeing how we are up against everybody else. Mm-hmm. In the world and in America, and you know, basically, it's one of those things where it's like we do have to support each other and push because that's all we can really do. Yeah, definitely. What what music is catching your ears these days? What are you listening to, dog? Wait, me. What I'm listening to, man. I love everything. I'm a just being a music guy in general. I love country. I love hip hop, rock. Um, I've been listening to a lot of, um, you, you know, you heard of Jelly Roll? Mm-hmm. I heard of Jelly Roll. Love Jelly Roll stuff. Um, one of my favorite producers and engineers has been working on a bunch of genres. Like, he's worked with Jelly Roll, like, 182. So mm. I've been listening to a lot of, um, a lot of hip-hop. I do, like, that sad boy shit, like the Suicide Boys and the Ghost Main type shit. Um, what, where do you see yourself within these next five years, EJ? Next How far do you want to take this? 
I whether audio engineering or live live concert. What do you see yourself in this field? Fields. Right now, I'm really focusing on trying to get into my whole stage managing for live stuff, and obviously still pursuing trying to get into film. Um, doing audio for films. I I really want to move out to either LA or New York. Um, and because at the end of the day, that's where the big moves are. Honestly, I've had friends who've made their leaps and they say, you know, like, I love San Diego, but it's just, my professor would say this is the vacation town. This is, it turned into, <coughs> this is where people go to retire. It's, you see all the infrastructure, all these new buildings being built, and it's not that much of a hustle town anymore. If you want to hustle, man, let me tell you, I went to New York for the first time in, I think it was 2019. Loved, loved it. I was out in the middle of the city with fucking thousands of people on the street, seeing their hustle. I loved it, man. You could tell they're they're out there trying to get it. Yeah. In a small, confined city, New York is not that big. It's kind of small, but it's so populated. Um, what do you think of the difference between New York and LA? Which one do you think you're feeling more? And how it is, and especially your field, where you think you're gonna flourish. I honestly feel LA realistically. Yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Because you get Me a little, too. you get a little bit more of both. You get a little bit of the film, and you get the and, the, and the music. Oh, no doubt. Which is which is nice. And I think that's just gonna be a lot of people are gonna come to you too for music too, like yeah, not just film, you know, music, mm -hmm. bro, rappers. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> LA for sure. I just I if I had a choice uh, possibility maybe I'd go down to New York but it's it's just a whole nother playing field over there. God, I gotta spend a little bit more money. It's a little crowded, you know. What do you think about the Bay? The Bay, Bay's the awesome. Bay. The Bay is something cool. crazy too, I think. It's very most of my family on my mom's uh, side is from the Bay. Dude, the Bay is something else. I'm telling you, dog. There's something cracking out there. Yeah, they have their own little scene. Culture. Which in culture, yes. And I feel like they're flourishing, you know, they they got they got stuff going out, popping up out there. I wanna say this man, at the end of the day, like Oakland kinda raised Tupac too. So what you see in Tupac really came from the bay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um Let me see this man. Um Arizona. I think Arizona has a thriving music scene in Seattle. Seattle. Uh, let me ask you this. San Diego. What is it about San Diego that creates this relaxed vibe, and and it becomes a it it is a very beautiful city. And there's something wrong with that. I love SD. Yes. But it is a retirement city. But there's something wrong with that. If it's a retirement city, yeah. I think that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. What is it about? What's what makes SD special, bro? What is SD special? It's just, <laughs> it's just nice, huh? It's it's nice, man. <laughs> the weather's just beautiful, huh? Let me tell you, when God. I was when I was in New York a couple years ago, I went to this after audio engineering <laughs> after party, and I I randomly met into one of my like favorite audio YouTubers. Right. Big guy, audio engineers, everything. Tight. And we got talking, and he was like, holy shit, you're from San Diego? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess. Fucking Losey, you ain't crazy. He was just like, San Diego's so beautiful, perfect weather, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay. Like, I don't they know. They get excited I, for They're excited. And, and then, then we look at it like, 
I guess sometimes we take it for granted well, because yes. we're here. Yeah. But you know what, dog? At the end of the day, where else would you rather be, though? Like, yeah. It's nice out here. Yeah. <laughs> we're blessed to already be here. Bro, we but are. Because everybody else wants to be and here. And I am guilty that I do take it for granted sometimes, too, because I am so busy with work. But when when things slow down, I am grateful for what's around me, you know? Oh, sure. Sometimes I'll go out to the beach, you know? We work hard to stay in San Diego. Yes. It ain't easy. Yeah. Um, it's, it ain't easy to keep, to keep up, like... It's everything, inflation, you know, everything. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are trying to get out of San Diego because it's so bad. That's facts. A lot of people are trying to get out of San Diego because it's kind of expensive. And I respect that, too. I get it, man. Um, Okay. The San Diego music scene. Who are some of the talents you're fucking with out here? Like, who who you think is making some noise out here in SD? Man, let me tell you. I... Whatever genre. Yeah. I, Whatever genre. I feel like the biggest artists right now are these young cats, mm, man. What's, Let me, what's your name? Um, you know, people like Lil Maru, um, Lil Weirdo. Weirdo. This younger generation, let me tell you, man. You're on some shit? They're, it's different mm-hmm. compared to, I mean, what, back when I was popping before COVID and I had a lot of homies that, you know, they were doing it. Again, they had potential kind of stop but this newer generation man they're hungry they want it and i see them i have a homie that works with a lot of them and um shout out to the homies in the bay let me tell you my homie um he's from originally from monterey my homeboy nate and uh he came he moved down here to school to go to audio engineering school with me he's finally moved he's down here now um but all his artists and the people out there in Monterey, that area, they want it, bro. Really? Yeah. And, and I've got to work with some of those guys. I love Monterey. And wow. The most energetic, um, hardworking people. Yeah? Yeah. And they got it. They're good. They're Monterey, good, good huh? too. It's not that they got the work ethic. They, they got the talent out there. We got to talk about this shit when we get off because like... I visited Monterey one time, ran at the cabin in the woods, and there was something about the air in Monterey even in the summer. I went there summertime, but it was <laughs> it was cold. Um, I think there's something about the air out there too. Mm-hmm. On, on, that's giving them some kind of creativity. <laughs> um, yeah, there's in Santa Cruz. There's just a Filipino community in Santa, Santa Cruz, full of talented DJs. Shouts to DJ Asthmatic. Um, Shouts to all my folks out there that do the Mexipino fest. Um, that got me on the show. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for fucking with me, Monterey and Santa Cruz. Um, let me ask you this, man. Um, did you ever picture yourself really moving out of SD? Have to. Yeah. Have to. Someday. It's just it, part of the I, journey. It's just part of. What were you? What are you trying to do? No doubt. It is a gamble. Yeah, yeah. But fuck it, dog. Within the next couple of years, for sure, man. Like, it's honestly, like, a couple of years ago, it was just more like trying to get my shit in order, make sure I had my car, that type of stuff, make sure the bills were straight. But within the next couple of years, I'm, try- I'm trying to move and get out of my comfort zone. Um, I, I have homies and homegirls who've won Emmys already, man, at my age. Crazy blows my mind and my professor always said always have to get out of your comfort zone mm. that's what my my friends that always <coughs> who've gotten you know gone somewhere they said 
all you gotta do is leap. <coughs> Take the chance. I think 2024 is a good year for us to manifest what, what we're really trying to get at. Sure. Life, you know? Yeah. Um, 2023 is almost done, dog. We got about three more months, and this is a wrap. What do you? What are some of the short-term goals you're trying to accomplish for this year? Uh, for the rest of the year, or for the next. For this year, for 2023, uh, before we end this. Um, first of all, I'll just say financially. You know, I'm right now. I'm making the move of not trying to be a whole theme park, Sea World type of vibe. Um, trying to push more kind of freelancing studio concerts doing what makes me happy amen. you know amen uh amen. do things that will gonna improve my career amen i love it ej um there's a question right here what would be your advice for any young audio engineers out there trying to get in this game what will no matter what genre of of music they're trying to mix. Yeah. What's your advice for the youth? Especially the, the youth, youth tuning in. Oh, I love the youth. Let me tell you. What can they expect from this game? I'm going to say, <laughs> find a mentor. Mm. Find someone in the game who's done it, who's gotten success. Speak that game onto you because mm. that's how it was for me. And let me tell you, I could say 10 years later, I'm, I still live by the way my mentor, my professor taught me. That's how I live my life. I give my life to that guy. Mm, amen, dog. Um, it will make connections because this industry is all about connections at the end of the day. I'm very fortunate that I've, I've been taught how to talk to people and, <laughs> you know, cater to certain things because all the jobs I've gotten, it was, um, not to sound cocky, but easy yeses because I know how to swerve the game and back up my skills behind it to get the opportunities that I've been able to get. Amen, amen. Uh, for all those trying to get into live audio um, concert, uh, concert, what, what would be your advice for them? Um, start early. Learn YouTube videos. Learn things. Get places like SeaWorld. Find little uh, theaters to learn things from. Um, little community events. Because at the end of the day, it's about your experience. Mm -hmm. They want to see you're hungry. They want to see you know a little something, you know. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, everything's a learning opportunity and an experience. But use those as an opportunity to keep growing and get something better than you did have done the time before, you know. Artists. Artists out there who are trying to work on their craft. What, what, what's your advice for the artists in the studio right now? I'm going to say it bluntly. Keep doing your shit. Mm -hmm. Keep working. Yeah, it's the only way. Even if you're not in the studio. Right. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you. Right. Fucking come up with ideas. Be at home. Don't be lazy. Listen to a beat when you're on a bus driving to your next thing, man. Uh, I hear a lot of the excuses I have to be in a studio You don't have to be in a fucking studio I get it, it Of course everyone loves to be in the studio But I'm saying if you love it enough If you're talented enough You're gonna start where you are Hey even as an engineer You know how I can Bro I didn't have shit back in the day I had no job I was working at a fucking McDonald's Making $9 an hour Every paycheck I would put into equipment I used to record On a rock bed mic Even when I wasn't shit I was trying to still learn and progress 
and used whatever I could just to learn. You know what I mean? Amen. Bro, I used to use, I would tie that rock band mic onto a lamp as a mic stand because I didn't have money and shit. And I would record the homies. The good old days when we were starting out, right? Yeah. You always start from somewhere at the end of the day. Gots to. You gots to, man. And I want to say thanks to everybody that supported Act 2. All those that supported and streamed and reshared The Orphan. EJ was a big part of that. That 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 sounded the way it did. And um, thanks to everybody that streamed the, the mixtapes, MD remixes and rarities, the Dino mixtape. Um, and we got some new, more new music coming out. And... It's been an honor um, having you work on the projects, EJ. Thank you so much, bro. Yeah, it's been Appreciate a pleasure, you, man. Bro. Thank you've been, you. You've been the real one, EJ. I learned a lot from EJ. I learned a lot from really putting together the album, too, from top to bottom and really make it sound cohesive as possible. And um, it's been a journey working on The Orphan. And that's... Um, how do I say this? A lot of my demons were exercised during that album and whatever I needed to get off my chest I needed to get that out my chest to prepare me for this next series of music that was a growing point for me man the orphan was like you know I got that done after the pandemic and yeah the pandemic brought something different in all of us like yeah our mentalities were a little darker then like it was a it was an unstable time of my life and the orphan capture that you know yeah <laughs> i mean it's a process for both of us i mean I, i'll say i feel like that, that was my like, heart and soul right there that man. was the biggest album i've ever worked on to date um i mean love man like i appreciate all the trust and the patience oh man because you we've already you built we, it we, we built it we've done it where you built it, it it's it's a lot of work ej it's knows what to expect out of me and i know what to expect out of ej And we know how good we can make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can be a frustrating process, but at the end of the day, you come out with the best result. Yeah, yeah, I learned. I learned I'm on that album too. Like, hey, man, there's there's efficient ways to do things. And we are prolific workers. Like, I don't know, just workaholics that, that really gets it done. We got a lot done in such a short period of time. Like, a lot of music done, dude. And... I want to say something for those who are tripping out on like the Nas and Hitboy collabos, right? They've done six albums the last three years. And the way I see it is I get it. When you artists find somebody you click with in the studio, you got to keep fucking with them, man. It's, it's the most important person in your career, your audio engineer. <laughs> any, um, any shout outs? Any, any last thoughts, uh, EJ? Shout outs. That's it. Shout out to the, to the bombs. Lennis is crib. Shouts to auntie, auntie, you're the best, auntie. Shouts to uncle too. Um, I'd say, man, let's just keep creating. Amen, dog. Keep the mind flowing, stay healthy. You know, this time, time and age, man, it's it's crazy right now, and the energy all, feels different. This all year. you can really do is, you know, perfect ways to put your creativeness out into the world. Fearless. Step into your greatness, man. My people out there listening, man. I know you guys are listening to all those for, for, uh, EJ's peoples, you know, those those who are tuning in. Like, for all those who are going for their dreams, there's going to be so many distractions that's going to come our way, man. 
um, I hope that you guys don't give up, please. All right, all those who need to hear this, all those struggling with their mental health, I get it, you know. And that's what music plays a role for me. It's for my mental health, like those who are struggling with depression, anxiety, like music is all all I have. And um, EJ was like the it was like the therapy room to get the thoughts out and get the rage out, the anger out, the sadness out. So for all my audio engineers listening too, there's a spirituality in this music where you guys are the catalyst for artists to create and, and make a make a make a space, make a yeah. space for the artist, you know. But um, anything else, EJ? I think that's pretty much it, man. I mean, keep doing everybody, dude. Keep doing what you're doing for all your dreams. Amen. You know, there at the end of the day, there are people who will support you. Much love, much love. Andy Podcast, we did it. Peace, peace.